get over how well some of our faces fit some of those things and how obscure some of them look. It's just like our opening titles are the bomb. Congratulations, Luke. Every time I look at it, I'm like, <laughs> that's some funny stuff. Katie, oh, I, I hate to, hate to I, startle you, but there's a wild panther behind you. Yep, yep. Yep. Everyone <laughs> say hello to my pussy. <laughs> And if that wasn't frightening enough, you are listening slash watching Uncensored Horror. It's been a hot little minute since we've been here, but we are back. Just me and Katie today because everyone else is a little bit busy having a life. Lucky them. But we're here today. We're here to chat. We thought it's been a while since we've gotten a bit gory and a bit bloody. And, you know, we love to do that. Don't we, Katie? <laughs> What's a life? <laughs> Oh, so you you've been busy watching you've been busy watching everything, haven't you? Oh my god! Been, like, like, like I actually had time list to watch of things. I had time to watch movies for once in like my life, and like that What's never that happens, like? <laughs> right? Like I'm always the one that's trying to catch up, and for once I'm like, guys, I watched things. Did you guys watch them? And you're, you're like, uh, no. But but not lately. But, but we did both. <laughs> Watch Yellow Jackets. And we yeah, again, if anyone is interested, if anyone is interested in a Yellow Jackets show, Katie and I, I think, are ready to um, just strap on our varsity jackets and talk about it. But and, and if people want to watch it, is another thing. I say, even if you aren't, we're probably just going to overrule you and just do it anyways because <laughs> you, you never. We ever, do what we no, want. We, we do do what we want. <laughs> but. Something we we have a lot to talk about because you know we are neck deep now in another franchise that we didn't realize was going to. Well, originally we didn't realize it was going to be a franchise because we talked about doing this movie when it first came out. And then all of a sudden, the second movie and then a third movie. So if you haven't watched our last episode, we covered two thousand two's uh, two thousand two. Wow. Whoops. 2022's X by Ty West. Uh, little did we know that also coming was 2022's Pearl, an extraordinary origin story, which I love the little tagline. <laughs> also starring Mia Goth. Now, these movies were filmed at the same time, which is kind of brilliant of Ty West, really, isn't it? When you can't guarantee that, you know, especially in today's modern climate, you can't ever guarantee anything's going to be a hit. And if you have an idea... Nothing shocks me about Ty West it, anymore. It does, it does hit. It, how good is it to go, oh, by the way, I have a prequel that's recorded and, like, filmed and ready to go. It's in post-production. You're like, okay, cool. No wait. No wait, no worries. So, yeah, great work. So... So just to confuse things a little bit, Pearl is, as says in the title, the prequel to X. So this is the origin story of uh, the farmers that we get to meet 
quite intimately <laughs> in right. the film X. Right? <laughs> so uh, even further because Mia Goth was a completely different character in X. Now Mia, Goth was Mia, right. Mia Goth was both characters in X. So that's, that's <laughs> true, but not a lot of people figured that out until they started like really looking into it. Yeah. Because, I would know, I I figured it out when I watched when I saw them both on the screen at the same time. I was like, wow, they look similar. And then it was the eyes. I was like, oh my god, that's the same person. That's amazing. You know what else is amazing? That's the same person. Yeah, the well, speed of an eight. So, yeah, true. So uh they yeah, they were, were busy little beavers. And I think we'll talk about how that worked out, but I oh. I um yeah, I think it's a very interesting way of filming movies. I, I like that we think outside the box now when we are going to franchise land and the or they're tra- they're not treating the audience like idiots. We can we can jump around in timelines and go, okay, well this is a prequel, this is a sequel, this is where we're starting. We can go backwards, we can go forwards, we can go in between. Not out of um, necessity, like it has been with some of the fr- major franchises where you're like, oh, God, what do we do? We have to make <laughs> some kind of transition. Let's jam a movie in here and make sure it works. But, I think some yeah, people really works. need you to go have things go in order. It needs to make sequential sense. And in yeah. some franchises, you really need to do that. But I think in this franchise it doesn't necessarily need to do that and with this franchise they were doing it in the height of covid and right and uh ty west and mia goth were writing this over facetime and during a covid uh quarantine and uh tandy wright is the the intimacy coordinator she wasn't even really an actress the one who played Pride and Mother. how mate if there's one thing oh, we'll, we'll 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 talk about it but whew, okay that's all that's really interesting information i'm like damn girl yeah these okay. people stepped up their game like they really did so um we're gonna get started so again always as always on our show if you have not seen 2022's pearl please pause the podcast here watch the movie, then come back so we do not spoil it, because from here it's going to be spoilerific. Okay? You have been warned. I'm going to give you a really brief kind of um, synopsis without kind of ruining things, because we're going to talk about it. So we find ourselves, confusingly, (laughs) Back in 1918, at the height of the Spanish influenza pandemic, uh, in a country town with young Pearl, who is uh, recently married on her Texas homestead, her parents' Texas homestead, with Howard, her husband from the first movie, off in World War One, she is left to care for her paralyzed father and her. Um, domineering German mother is the ruling force in her life. To say that that woman is not an actress, oh my God. Even better, she learned German in a hurry to make that accent real convincing. 
real convincing. And she fooled some uh, actual German people on set because of, like, she really committed to it. Like, that woman. She just, was. She yeah. was stunning in her portrayal. Mm-hmm. So to know that she was not necessarily an actress first, but an intimacy coach, yeah. like, damn. The scenes, the scene, especially the, uh, the you know, heightened scene that kind of kicks everything off into murder and mayhem is so intense. That is some correct. That is some like Tony Collette hereditary bullshit. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You're all about that life. There are some actors, like some like career actors and actresses that don't commit like that. Like they just go in and get paid. And this woman just wanted to like do her best. She wanted to, show up, do her best, commit to the role, and be the best she could for for everyone. I love that. Yeah. I yeah, love exactly. that she was a team and it player. Helps the, yeah. It helps the story so much. Like It helps you like, get into yeah. it. And it really does kind of give you sympathy for the devil, you know? <laughs> like this movie, for a, for a big part of it, makes you go, Oh, poor Pearl. Oh, poor Pearl. Oh, poor Pearl. They're like, oh. They're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying poor Pearl. You don't really do for a second. You're like, man, like, her mom is a bitch. And then you remember, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that's right. Okay, cool. Hmm. But first and foremost, I have to hands up, clap, like throw my flowers. The production design and cinematography on this movie. Ah, oh, I love an old Hollywood movie and they go to town with this. From the opening scene in the barn with the black and white, the barn mm. doors open and we are in glorious Technicolor, just like The Wizard of Oz. And that's what Ty West said. This is a big like homage kind of inspiration of those MGM movies. Mm-hmm. Those kind of, and, the way it's shot, the way they shoot uh, Mia Goth, the way they, like, even screen pans when, like, so she walks past in a dress and then it cuts to a new scene. It's like, it is so old Hollywood. My little heart was like this. I was like, oh, old movies. They don't make movies like that anymore. And it was, I was just like, oh. To really, really get nice. prepared for the tone of it, he wanted Mia Goth to watch uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and The Wizard of Oz. And... I mean, I've I've fangirled over Ty West before, but I'll do it again. I just two amazing movies. <laughs> I, I mean, just I love Ty West because I just think he is just one of those directors that not only loves horror but loves movies, and he commits to what he's doing. Like when he yes. wants to give, like get you into the scenery, he commits to it. He yeah. wants you fully engulfed. He wants. No detail left untouched. He just really wants you to feel it. Really feel it. And mm. oh, a lot of directors don't do that anymore. Love you, Ty. And I think the, the, familiar, the film, uh, familiarity with that kind of movie really helps with this as well and putting you in time and place and even, like, cultural sensibilities. So, you know, like, we get the, like, you know, the longing, very Dorothy Gale, like, <laughs> shots of her in the farm doing all the farm chores. And we're like, okay, 
we we know what this kind of movie usually is mm-hmm. and it will slowly start to subvert that like the only really like it's really peaceful and provincial and all that kind of stuff until that damn goose comes in <laughs> i wonder look i don't like geeks right i'm not a geeks fan but <laughs> i think any any time that she um picks up a pitchfork i'd be worried it's and it is nice to Pearl see has any type of <laughs> any <laughs> type of like anything in her hand is she'd probably be a little worried about it anything that could be used right. as a weapon maybe go the other way <laughs> it's it's such a subvert like it's all this happy like talking to the farm animals skipping along daydreaming of you know being a performer and then all of a sudden she's skewering a goose and feeding it to an alligator it's like oh okay (laughs) and i love that that's the opening shot of her just like gleefully smiling feeding the alligator a dead goose that she's just killed makes you wonder if those are the same <laughs> alligators. Well, there are eggs. So I would suggest I, that maybe it's gener- generational alligatorism. Mm. The, the family have been feeding this alligator for a long time. And they are Germans. <laughs> they are Germans who have miraculously showed up in America. I don't know if that's what they were trying to get at because because her mother was so secretive and so secluded, I don't think it was just about the influenza because um, Ruth, I think her mother's name is in the, in the movie, um, <clears throat> she is, like, fanatical about yeah. cleaning and cleanliness and not bringing the sickness into the home where the father is and something that we can all relate to after a pandemic. Very, so to film this in a pandemic... Though. To film this in a pandemic is like sheer brilliance. Like, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's more to that story because she talks about you see how they treat the German farmers and you have to keep our secret. She says something about keeping your secret. Well, like, and, you oh, know, is there you, something you else we need to know there? Well, you also have to think like Germans in general hmm. in that time. People were yeah. really afraid of them. But that's a thick German. That's a thick German accent. That's not like I was born and raised in America. That's I have come here. The way, like just the way she is. But think about, think about it now. There are people who <clears throat> are Middle Eastern that came here a long time ago, that probably lived here I for just, gener- decades and still get looked at. I'm just, I'm just wondering if there is a little, little bit more backstory that he has on the parents that we don't know about <laughs> like how did how did dad end up in a chair like essentially trapped in his own body <laughs> and let's talk about him actually because that's some acting by the end how hard is it to act without changing your facial expression no, at all the, the, it's just eyes and i'm like so what? uncomfortable I know, and that's the, I think that's really the point because oh, absolutely, this whole thing is is like the veneer of that you know early nineteen twenty. We'll go nineteen twenties because it's nearly there. That okay. early nineteen twenties Americana perfection, like you know, 
right. everything is idealized but underneath all of that you have someone like pearl who is you know yearning for something more and that there's something not quite right with there's this you know burgeoning sexuality there's psychopathy it's like this is all lingering under the technicolor surface and the way that it it kind of just starts to creep in slowly is kind of brilliant like you know the the goose and then like when she changes her like cares for her father and then is naked (laughs) in the bath Ah, I was gonna say the bathtub scene I just like I had to like pause for a second I'm like this is a bit much this is a bit much especially like seeing her like with what I'm I'm, kicking her legs up I'm just gonna jump ahead a little bit like see her with a freaking scarecrow it's like what is she gonna do to that man (laughs) what is she gonna do to her poor father when he can't fight back seeing her like go to town in the freaking scarecrow I'm like is this gonna get like borderline like yeah, who there. knows? Are, are we gonna yeah. go there? <laughs> like, no, I, I, yeah, I questioned that as well. So the scarecrow scene that Katie's talking about, Pearl has to ride, ride, ride into town on her bike to get her father's medicine. She gets distracted by the cinema and goes to see a movie. And Pearl has grand ambitions of being a chorus girl and um, being a star. I'm a star! I'm a star! As we'll find out later. Uh, so she's enthralled by the movies, which is escapism at its core. Like, that's what the movies are for. Mm-hmm. She meets the projector, the projectionist. Oh, Hachi Machi. Oh, yeah, he's that. He was good looking. Mm-hmm. He was good looking fella. Yeah, uh, and he distracts sh- me too, quite honestly. Yeah, he shows a little bit her a little bit of kindness and snips part of the reel, so she has a cell from the movie that she saw because she was so infatuated with it, and uh, <laughs> invites her to come back anytime. Yeah, so, yeah he okay. shows her cool. something. <laughs> yeah, that's later. That's later. This is still nice and innocent. So while while Pearl while Pearl is riding home, she loses the cell out of her pocket of her dungarees slash overalls wherever whatever country you're in coveralls whatever you wherever country you're in and uh wanders into a cornfield where she finds a very weird looking weird looking scarecrow i thought those eyes were going to open at any second i was like those eyes are a bit too bulbous for my liking on a scarecrow but um yeah, she has a little bit of a fantasy scene with the uh, scarecrow of a dance scene that ends up in a love scene, which is kind of she uh, takes the yeah, scarecrow for a, a ride. Really yeah, she takes advantage of the scarecrow. The scarecrow is a me too. You know, it's now part of the me too movement. That was very non-consensual. What happened to the scarecrow? Which but, is yeah, why I kind of. Again, uh, thought the, the, it was going to be another non-consensual scene in the bathtub. Made me a little yeah. worried. Little so, worried. Um, this is she's so she's so under the thumb with her mother that Ruth realizes that there are eight cents missing <laughs> from the money that Pearl was given to to get the medicine, which she um has actually. 
<laughs> partaken in as well. It's um, liquid morphine as, you know, good stuff. Yeah, I thought that was great. Like, swing in the morphine and watch the movie. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. Like, yeah, I, she, I, she I, get, I get that. <laughs> okay. <She's back>. Okay. <laughs> and then we have, we have like a mummy dearest moment where um, Ruth, she lies to Ruth and says that she's eaten candy. And then Ruth says, that's fine. Well, you don't need to eat dinner then. <laughs> and she withholds her dinner and makes her stay at the dinner table. I'm like, oh. That's all much. Like, wow. Okay. It's, it's yeah, that's mummy dearest material. I was like, but I also thought she could have come up with a better lie. Like, you're kind of old to be eating candy. Like, come on. But I think that's part, that's the whole part of it. So we, we have to realize, like, we have to get this juxtaposition of her being a married woman, but still living with her parents and, you know, being infantilized by her mother who just refuses to see her as an equal and is treating her like, yeah, she's still a child. And that's the, a huge part of the dynamic between those two that, yeah, Pearl is being stagnated by her mother from growing up and out. She like all she wants is to get out of, get off the farm and get away. And her mother is definitely not letting that happen. <laughs> this is where we meet Pearl's cousin, Mitzi. 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 Don't you love that every rich person you've ever met in a TV show or a movie? is either named Muffy or Mitzi. I just feel a bit sorry for Mitzi. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, if you only knew. I, I just think it's funny. It's like, come on. Can we come up with a new name for the rich person in the movie or the TV show? But you know what I what I thought was interesting? Ordinary, ordinarily, a character like that would be a bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Mitzi's actually the, very, um, very compassionate. The rich, the rich sister-in-law, like the well-off They're very kind. They're very kind yeah, to that they're family. Very kind. They're trying they, to take care they of them. Bring, yeah, they bring them a pig to eat because they, they are struggling. Like Ruth says that they struggle on the farm and like she knows every cent, which is how she knows the eight cents was missing. It's, and that was um, that was more than one meal there. Do you know what I mean? That was, right. that was it, substantial. It, it's kind of strange that they don't trust their own family. <clears throat> yes, think, yes and no, I guess. But you'd think... Well, we all know people that are, that are too proud to take charity. You know what I mean? I, I think that Ruth, if we're looking at Ruth as this character that is self-sufficient, strong, um, secretive, uh, she's not the kind of person to take charity from anyone. This is true. This is true. And then... They're not her blood family. They shoot. They are the you know the family of Pearl's husband, uh, but they're not blood, so they're automatically other. I think they're automatically outside. So that yeah, we we don't see what happens. We see what happens, but we don't hear what happens in that interaction. We see Ruth basically refusing it, but. Mitzi is trying to do the right thing and, and see how Pearl is and how she's doing without without her husband. And let's slip that there is a dance audition coming up for chorus girls. <laughs> chorus girls in a church group? 
uh, touring. The 19, 1918s was a different time, man. <laughs> like they were they were they were touring dance troops for the church. I'm like, okay. I mean, whatever. At the height of the war. That's cool. I, 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 I've got to wonder if <laughs> it was like a USO group. Yeah. But it's weird that it was told through the church. It's like right, okay. but that's what I've got to wonder if it was like USL. Yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe they didn't have the rights to it. Who knows? But this is what Pearl seizes her out. Yeah, this is Pearl's like, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to be me being famous. I can get out. I can. I can, you know, have the life that I want. So she steals her mother's dress once again, which she did before, and, you know, no, no, no. But she manages to get out of that house, which I was surprised with. And you can tell that house was a physical set too because she managed, like, that whole shot was one tracking shot. I was like, oh, look, one big set. That's nice to see. It's like, oh, okay. She goes out of her window, across the roof and down. I'm like, yes. Love shots One like that. Just giant nice set. We love it. Shots. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so she is, in her yearning to be free, she goes to visit the projectionist again. I love that he doesn't have a name in this movie as well. It's just the projectionist. And he Man, said he would show her... He would show her any movie she likes at any time she likes, but he has something quite different to show her. It's a, a film called A Free Ride, which is a stag film he required in France. Uh, he required, he acquired in France. And Pearl, Pearl is, to say infatuated, <laughs> is, uh, is, you know, an understatement. I think she for someone that is you know that sheltered seeing that kind of blew her mind and was like okay and then it it really informs what we see in x i love how that all kind of ties in like yeah like definitely this and then i've got yeah i got a lot of feelings about that we'll talk about it it oh okay cool yeah but yeah it's just like it's yeah, those seeds are planted and she ultimately, you know, <gasps> cheats on her husband. <gasps> Scandalous. Oh, oh, yes. Who saw that cut? And uh because this one man believes that she can be a star, says he can see her on the screen. She like she's beautiful. She can like she gets everything she wants mm. from this interaction. Very but she hard. Yeah, exactly. And she's <laughs> She, she lets in on her yearning to be free and that she's basically stuck and wishes that her family would just die. Oh. <laughs> Which causes a bit of a pause moment for, um, like, oh, okay. for our projectionists. Oh, wait, they haven't slept together yet. No, that's later, isn't it? Sorry. Whoops. Yeah, they sleep together. We're, yeah, we're, going, we're, we're, we're a little out of order. Afterwards, they, sorry. They I, I, I accelerated the story because the story accelerates now. That's right. It's weird because... She goes she, home after... Yeah. Because it's yeah, weird because sorry. she talks about how much she hates her family, yeah. wishes they were dead, and, like, red flags everywhere, and this guy still sleeps with her. Like... Well, yeah. So, this, like, she's kind of... I think that that... That 
statement being put out there, it's almost given her permission to go to go ahead and go, oh, I can change this. I don't have to wait. So there's a very um, tense scene where she she's already like kind of testing the boundaries with dad to see like she's when she pinches him and chokes him and like, she's like are you still in like are you even still in there or are we just caring for a husk of a person mm-hmm. and then she takes him down to the dock i was like oh this is gonna be graphic just hovers over the lake and calls the alligator mm. and she she's basically saying i have to go this is the this is the uh, nicest way of doing this. <laughs> like, really? But Ruth, stop. Ruth, Ruth um, just happens to show up in time, luckily, and send her back to the house, which is probably the biggest mistake of Ruth's life, let's be honest. <laughs> because there is another awkward dinner, despite the fact there is a rotting pig on their doorstep. That would stink. Oh, it would stink. <clears throat> but okay, I guess anyway. Like if you work on a farm, you're kind of used to smelling things. This is where the movie goes crazy. So we've seen like bits and pieces of cruelty and like minor psychopathy breaking through when she like, skewers the goose, she crushes the the alligator egg. But this is where it happens because Ruth discovers the program from the movie that Pearl went to see and she destroys it and goes in on Pearl in a way that I haven't seen in a hot minute in a movie. The acting between these two was intense. I was like, oh, like it's every like bad mother-daughter relationship (laughs) amplified up to 10 with them like screaming at each other and Mm -hmm. yeah it that it really did remind me of tony collette's dinner table scene in hereditary like that's the the level of acting that was there especially from the mother i was like oh wow mia goth gets her her big chops acting chop scene later but this is the mother i was like wow and especially when she grabs the knife and she goes maybe i'll kill him for you that's what you want and and like holds the knife to her husband's throat i'm like oh god this movie's just twisted and turned but then you know we get we get a bit violent and um me me and goth comes to the party and gets physical with mum and pushes her and screams in her face and unfortunately pushes her dresses into the open fire and we have mum mum barbecue barbecue mum yeah <laughs> that she then has to throw boiling water on to put her out i'm like oh what that's yeah. not okay boiling yeah. water and corn it's like oh no like the second i saw that i'm like you, you didn't have <clears throat> the boiling water there was probably a blanket around there somewhere <laughs> a little bit of um I, I I thought it was an interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting touch. <laughs> in for a penny, in for a pound. Obviously, it's like he was oh, going well. for it. It's like, but it's very, it's very Thai West. It's, it's like so. Yeah, like, like we're in, gonna go for we're gonna go for the shock. We're gonna go for it yeah. all the way. And I think yeah, in in the shock of what she has done, 
she, uh, you know, drags mum to the basement and leaves her down there, locks her away. And this is when she goes and has sex with the projectionist. Sorry. This is the, the, this, the destruction of, you know, her, um, her pamphlet and her mother denying her to go to the audition is what really like sends her over the edge. It's like, Oh, bye Pearl. Pearl's gone. We've lost Pearl. <laughs> well and truly. I, it's In still, the morning. She was throwing yeah. red flags everywhere. <clears throat> he still went for it. Like you're not a lot of red, a lot dude. of red. You're still yeah. a bad looking dude. You don't need to go for the crazy. Like I just picked the wrong girl this time. Like, I get it. I, like, I get it. They, they say crazy women are the best in bed. I get, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I've, I've heard it said a time or two about myself. I get it. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm not locking Kyle in the basement. Shut well, up, Kyle. Not that we know of. <laughs> not that we know of. <laughs> so the morning Grayson, after. Grayson's telling Kyle's not here and ruining the joke. <laughs> go to bed, uh, guess he's, guess he's going to bed. Who's going to the basement next? <laughs> You're going down there with him. <laughs> so the morning after arrives, and this guy is being too nice. I think drives her home. Mm-hmm. Like it's a one night stand. You're not supposed to drive that person home, especially when I'm pretty sure she knows she's married, right? I think that they said that. Anyway, but whatever. And, and Pearl Pearl has definitely left reality because she invites him in the house <laughs> after she does a quick, after she does a quick, you know, retcon of everything that's going on, make sure mum's locked downstairs and, and dad's presentable. But he notices straight away that something's a little off on the farm with the maggot-infested <laughs> pig at the front door and mm-hmm. um she hit meets dad and they go upstairs and start to fool around they hear noises downstairs and pearl's like oh it's just a dog i had to lock her in the cellar okay cool no worries so they take her they go outside to the barn where she introduces her, her him to all of the other animals all her friends and then he mentions the dog she says we don't have a dog This is again. There's there's these oops moments in this in this movie where you're like, oh no, girl, you're in you danger, just, girl. You're in danger. And uh, it's again, uh, we've said this about a couple of movies that where people play people with uh, mental illness. That some people you feel and some people you don't. You can definitely feel. The temperature change in that moment you go oh it's that look that mia got and she and she knows and she's like why 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 have you turned so cold on me you're like oh shit because <laughs> she knows she, he knows that yeah. blank stare she gives whether like yeah she does like when she's smiling or even when she's not it's just that yeah that yeah she knows he knows and he knows she knows and it's just the tension is there mm-hmm. and he's like all right pearl i gotta go i'll see you later and pearl 
snaps. She's a very fast girl, though. Oh. Even when she's an old woman, she's a fast old woman. She can get out of shot real quick. Oh, God. Because we don't see Pearl. We see Pearl pick up her best friend, the pitchfork, but we don't see Pearl until she drives it into his chest. Did she do javelin in high school? <laughs> I don't know. On track team she's or a strong girl. She's a Ooh. strong farmer girl. I need to so, know. In shock, the car starts rolling down the hill and um, he starts to escape and she starts chasing him, screaming. I love it. Like, when she goes full tilt crazy, it's the it's some of the best stuff in the movie when she's, like, screaming and running. It's chilling. And he falls out of the car and she has to now, you know, finish the job. And through the mouth, Ty West, through the mouth. <laughs> through yeah, the mouth. Doesn't shock me. Does with the um, yeah, with the pitchfork, so he is taken care of, and the, like suspension of disbelief. We have to remember that this is nineteen eighteen. This is a farm. There would be no neighbors for miles, so you could murder someone in your front yard without anyone knowing. And you know that's just the way things go. It's like, oops, bye bye. So this is. Yeah, this is full tilt. Full tilt. The rage in in Pearl is absolutely unleashed. Um, she feeds the poor protectionist to the alligator, Theta. Theta. <laughs> Theta. And it's nice to see because we do see cut. We do see a car in the in the you know in the pond in in X, so it's like, okay, we're dropping, we're dropping Easter eggs, reverse Easter eggs, I guess, alligator eggs. <laughs> alligator eggs. Uh, alligator eggs. And Pearl has to do what she has to do now. She puts on one of her mother's best dresses and before she leaves the house, just take care of daddy. Now, daddy does some amazing eye acting here. Like this dude, like the fear that he manages to portray without uttering a single word before he is smothered to death is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love that these aren't like big name actors as well. These are just, you know, working actors who Ty West was like, yep, you. I pick you. Mm-hmm. Even me, who is Mia Goth? Like Mia Goth was no one before, <laughs> before X. So, like, I like that we still have movies like that that aren't necessarily B movies, because this could very much be a B movie. It has the B movie qualities and you know um, situations, but the acting, with the directing, and the cinematography and the production design lift it to something that is different that you don't normally see a lot of in horror either. But this, like, it's kind of midway between satirical horror and, like, highbrow horror, elevated horror, which is, it's a weird little place to to sit where you have these tropes that are so well-known, but you can still deliver with the intensity of the story and the intensity of the acting because, yeah... Once Pearl smothers dad, it's it's well and truly done. Like there's no there's no turning back. She's 
gotten rid of her old life essentially and she's going for that audition and we we see we see the audition it's it's beautiful her technicolor war fantasy <laughs> with a line of dancers you know it's it's just amazing like it's so it is it is what you would imagine someone with you know not a lot of worldly experience would imagine as highbrow entertainment like like bombs exploding and dancing girls and all this kind of thing mm-hmm. to say the audition doesn't go well is an understatement <laughs> And girl, for anyone that has been on the stage and been in front of an, <laughs> a panel and they've heard thank you, but no, <laughs> this is the kind of reaction you want to have sometimes. I feel you, Pearl. I'm a star! I'm a star, please! I'm a star! I'm a star! And like, screaming like <laughs> she has to be dragged off the stage when told she's not really what they're looking for they're looking for someone a little more blonde, blonde. all american fucking blondes <sighs> key to uh cousin mitzi blonde cousin mitzi oh, consoling pearl consoling pearl and offering to take her home as soon as Mitzi said, Can I take you home, Pearl? I was like, Don't girl, do it, you girl. in danger. You in danger. <laughs> you are in danger. And this is where we get Mia Goth's, you know, capital A acting moment. This is her. I think, like, when we look back in her career, I think this will be one of the parts they show and go, this girl is not just a scream queen. She has the chops behind it because she delivers this monologue. I I can imagine this is probably one take as well in the kitchen. Um, Pearl talks all about her resentment that Howard, who was supposed to be her way out, you know, for Mm -hmm. a rich family that, that, you know, that knew the world and experienced the world married her and then left her at home with her family. Um, and she also admits that she actually was pregnant and miscarried and was happy about it, which, hello, in 1918. Ooh. Ooh. So it's all about, you know, her feelings of insecurity, alienation, um, you know, stagnated, stagnated growth. And then she admits to, you know, enjoying harming small animals and all that thing uh, and then kind of just goes full tilt and talks about her parents and the projectionists <laughs> it's like okay and mitzi like mitzi was just trying to help her sister-in-law and by the end of the conversation she's just they go just you know getting up and slowly leaving and but again you could cut the tension in that room with a knife i'm like that's that's a performance that is that is a performance and a half and she 
Mitzi is just trying to back out of that room. Mm-hmm. I, I think she would have made... All right. In her delusion, Pearl believes that because Mitzi is blonde and pretty and rich, that she has been cast as the chorus girl and makes makes her Mitzi admit, even though it's not true, that she was cast. Do you think if she hadn't that she would have made it out? No. No, she was never getting out of there. Yeah. I think she was fucked either way because if she was oh, like, yeah. why are you lying to me? Why are you lying? No, as soon as Mitzi's just, you know, saying, I'm not going to tell anyone about what you just told me and all that. It's like, well, you just kind of sealed your own fate right there. <laughs> exactly. And she underplays that so well too. A lot, I think a lot of time in horror, people are like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell anyone. It's okay. Everything is so calm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really off-putting because, again, when dealing with people mm-hmm. mental illness, that snap, that change, you can feel in the air. And that's that's one of these moments of real tension, which I like because we know he's not afraid of doing gore and violence, mm-hmm. but actual personal danger and horror, like... If you've ever been in that situation, you know what the electricity in the air feels like when that happens, and you know, like, oh my god, I have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And Mitzi does her best. Look, she does her best, and we think she's out and until Pearl turns up at axe. the door. And I, as soon as I saw the axe when Mitzi. Mitzi walked past her like, oh, no. Poor Mitzi. So Pearl runs down her sister-in-law and takes care of her (laughs) with an axe. Very Lizzie Borden of her. Then takes care of Theta. She takes care of Theta, makes sure Theta is well, well and truly fed, you know. Poor, poor, poor. I think Mitzi's the hardest stuff because if she was a bitch, she would have deserved it. Right, and you, you feel you know bad for Mitzi because Mitzi's just trying to take care of her family and trying to make her feel better and trying to do right. And yeah. Didn't deserve what happened. I mean, none of them really deserve what happened, but you just feel the worst for probably, probably the father and Mitzi. Yeah, her mum and Mitzi, yeah, definitely. So um, at this point, she goes to mum for a little bit of, um, you know, reassurance. Oh, God, it's just... Dead, dead mother who has tried, tried to get out of the storm cellar. Like, you know, she would have been in horrendous agony and died that way, trying to get away. <sighs> but um, this is when the break with, I think this is a, a big dissociation, like, yeah. we're done. She imagines her mother and uh, is still alive and you know, caressing her and all that kind of thing. And Pearl decides that she should do what her mother said and make the best of what she has, <laughs> which is turns into some Texas Chainsaw Massacre bullshit <laughs> by, you know, trying to recreate the perfect home life that she used to have uh, with dead mum and dad at the dinner table with the 
maggoted pig <laughs> as the centerpiece. Like the, the the dissociation thing clicked into full tilt, but I thought it was really interesting when they were doing the audition that the people in the audition panel were all of the people that were holding Pearl back. It was it was Ruth, it was her father, it was Howard. I can't remember who the fourth person was. Oh, it was the projectionist guy. That's right. All those characters were the ones that took place of the judges. I'm like, smart stuff. I love it. I love a gradual mental breakdown. (laughs) And then we've had these visions of Howard returning from war a few times um, during, you know, during the movie. But we actually get it in reality and Poor Howard. I'd like to issue an apology to Howard from the last movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were a creep. Turns out you were just dealing with a whole lot of crazy Uh, because he walks in and finds the very macabre scene of a family dinner and a manically smiling Pearl expressing how glad she is that he's home. Mm-hmm. Cut to a very, very protracted <laughs> fisheye closing as Mia Goth, and this is acting, 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 capital A acting, as we watch her struggle with, to maintain that smile that, you know, everything's fine, I'm perfect, the veneer. I'm surprised she didn't crack her teeth or something. Like the tension in that woman's jaw and in her face and her eyes do so much in that that tiny little scene. Like there's anger, there's pain, there's fear, there's misery. And she she's crying. She's like almost there's snot. She's sweating. I'm like, yeah. that's capital A acting. I'm like, end of film. Like. Wait, what? (laughs) But we made it. We survived. No one else did. (laughs) I think it's funny that there is um, one person that, you know, survived and it's a husband that only turns up in the last reel, but that's okay. We lived for that. So let's talk to me. Katie, I've been talking a lot. Feelings. (sighs) Oh, God. I feel like I liked X better, honestly. (laughs) I liked Pearl, but I really feel like, I know this was an origin story, but I really kind of feel like, I don't know. I I, I really liked X a lot better. I feel like, okay. I'm trying to put all my, this had, I'm trying to like put my feelings into words. Like they both had a lot of, (laughs) For lack of a better word, they both had a lot of meat to them, <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like X had a, like, I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. Pearl had, Pearl was really like mono-themed, right? Like we're focused on Pearl. Well, yeah. X, like just, you like, you got to f- feel it out like you you got to know these characters you got to really like get invested in all of them and 
it had a lot of heart to it. I feel like I didn't really care much. I, I, I liked Misty. I really, not Misty, Mitzi. I'm getting my yellow jackets mis, mixed up with, with my pearl. One way or another, yellow jackets will be mentioned. <laughs> I told you people were going to talk about yellow jackets, whether you like it or not. But like, and I, I just really like, when I watch a movie, horror or not, I really want to like really get invested in a character and not really invested in Pearl. Because I can't. That's like, fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I, I know she's a psychopath. And I know that she's going to, psycho's going to psycho. And I know, yeah. and I, I, I have a certain amount of empathy for her because I realize she's probably a bit traumatized because mom's, <laughs> a, bit over, <laughs> mom's a bit overbearing. But then again, psychos don't need trauma to snap. So do you have, just just playing devil's advocate here, do you think movies like Hannibal, like like the prequel movies in like the Hannibal series and anything that we've... Well, here's so the like, thing about is, Do you have the same problem with that? No, but Hannibal Lecter was a lot more likable than Pearl. Like he was very charming. He was charming as so hell. He's just got to be a sociopath. Okay, right. Okay, I'm with you. Was, there's a difference there because Hannibal Lecter was charming as hell. Pearl, she's just not likable. She's just a bitch. She's just all, she's just very self-involved. She's just, I'm a star! Like, she's out for number one. She's just out for her. There's just not much to get, like, get invested with her. And I like the movie overall. Like, I do like this movie, but I did like X much better. It's okay. We're going to um, do a little bit of a cut ourselves. We're going to take our, our acts and hack away at this footage because uh, the lovely Luke is not here to join us today, but he has some feelings on X and, and Pearl. So they're probably going to cross over Pearl and X. And, um, yeah, he's going to talk to you right now. Hey, Uncensored Horror fans. So my feeling about Pearl is that if you are like me, you will be quite excited for Maxine coming out because this movie really um, it give, gave us the familiarity of, uh, of X where we have the same set piece again, but they managed to dress it up and like restore it all. And that's our, our little lead into this is now Pearl's backstory. I thought it was very well done. Mia Goth turned in a magnificent performance. That uh, monologue at the end and done in one take, that was amazing work. Uh, the whole thing, I think it was a great little, it had like slasher stuff happening. So it was definitely a horror category. Uh, and I think I give it... I don't know, um, eight dead ducks out of ten. Okay, well, that's Luke's point of view. Pointy as probably a pitchfork you would find lodged into your chest. All right, <laughs> now my final thought. My final thoughts on this. I have to say that I think I am probably alone, <laughs> but I'm used to being alone <laughs> on some franchises. I really liked this movie. I think as soon as it started and I saw the direction we were going with production design and cinematography, I'm like, I'm in, 
I'm inside me up. Give it to me. I love anything that reeks of old Hollywood. And this reeks of old Hollywood. And I love subversive horror as well. So for us to have, you know, I, I, I might also be the fact that I have grown up as a performer and understand that <laughs> I think I, I, famous take me away, like take me away from this. And I, mm-hmm. if I'll do anything to just you know, have a life that will kind of negate anything bad that's happened to me. If I, if I could just be famous, you have, that's a very mm-hmm. immature, you know, I, any performer, I, if they are honest with themselves, I think can relate to that and go, I feel you, girl. I feel you. I'm not a psychopath, but I feel you. Are you sure? I think the quality of the acting and the backstory that they have given Pearl in this movie makes me look at X again and makes me like X more than mm-hmm. I did because I didn't. I thought it was good. It just didn't like really blow my blow my hair back. Um, but knowing what I know now about Pearl, yeah, I'm about it. Like I'm like, okay, cool. And I think you should probably watch them in chronological order. I think you should watch Pearl first if you want to get more out of X. That's just my opinion. I, I think that, you know, um, there are little, like, there's little, like, nods in, in Pearl to events and situations in X. Mm-hmm. But I think that would still work either way, no matter mm-hmm. what which way you watched it. Um, it gave me a lot more respect for Mia Goff as an actress because oh, yeah, I don't know that fantastic. she... I don't know that she got to do a lot of, like, when she was Pearl... I don't know that as, you know, um, was it Mimi or Mimi or whatever her name, Max, Minx, Maxie, Maxie, wasn't it? Maxie, Maxine, because, <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I don't know that she got to use a lot of chops in that role, but as Pearl, the older Pearl, she was ultimately creepy, and as young Pearl, she did derange really, really well, which then makes her performance as Maxie even more impressive as subtle as it was compared to these big scene chewing parts that she's done so yeah i really liked it i i don't mind a bit of psychosis in my characters i don't have to like everyone that i see on screen i i'm fine with that and i thought it was really interesting in a way that we don't see a lot in modern horror and it helps to have that throwback vibe as well mm-hmm. that makes you think of older movies that are, for want of a better word, more highbrow slash classic or they're perceived as because we know that genre, this genre always has a problem with being seen as like gutter and trash and, you know, not worthy of, of critical acclaim and especially critical awards. But Mm-hmm. Mia Goth is I I can't wait to see what she does outside the genre. Like she is a scream queen. There is no doubt. Her, Jenna Ortega, they are next gen they are this generation scream queens. We've got that we see that for them. But I, I think there's more for her. I don't understand how you can look at performances like this and like Tony Collette. And not see it. 
yeah, how can you not see like not see the talent that is in these women? Uh, the fact that there are a women and b horror stars is the biggest problem. Like, okay, it's a horror film, but when you think about like the material, it's 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 edgy material. It's hard material to do. Like horror is a hard genre. It's not definitely when it's done when it's, it's, done, it's, when it's done well. It's hard. Yeah, like right. I think we have a lot. There's still a lot of hangover from those late 70s, early 80s, like mid 80s, like going into 90s sequels that kind of really tarnish big brands with less than stellar acting because they were trying to get the product out. They weren't looking for people to deliver. Then you get someone to pop, someone that pops up in the 90s like Nev Campbell, who is an actress first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Say what you want about Nev Campbell and the current situation with Scream. Mm She is never a problem with those movies. She there's a reason why she's the linchpin in the majority of them because she can act to the house down with a just with her face. Like you go back if, even now, I can go back and watch the original Scream and think, "Damn, you were young and you are doing so much with just your reactions to things mm-hmm. and well, not the most like big. Oh my god, there's a killer after me moments. Those are great, but she." It's the minutia, those little part, those little port parts that work so well, like Mia Goth does in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like, this is why I yeah. have problems with films like the Terrifier films because it takes away from films yeah. like this, like uh, Midsommar, like Hereditary. You know, the witch. Like, <laughs> like, like it takes yeah. away from films like this. Like, yes, there's gore in it. Yes, it's it's bloody. But it's not that way to be shocking. It's shocking right. because yeah. it's written to be shocking. It's not shocking. I think that's yeah. Like we went through the same thing when saw when saw and all that torture porn stuff was you know high on the hog. Right. Terrify that I think they're doing they, these are diametric ends of the horror genre. You know, right. there are some people that are. Fans of the killers, they want to see the gore. They want to see how gross the movie can be and how, you know, and all the googling, what's it, what's it. Right. Then there's people who want to see story and character development and, you know, psychological horror mm-hmm. mixed amongst, with, you know, of course, like a horror movie, you, don't, you want to go in and be scared. But sometimes right. you've got to have, you've got to be a bit smarter to be scared. Like... I will never forget the amount of people that when I was working at a DVD store mm-hmm. that I recommended the Bubbledog to like, oh, that's not scary. Oh, God, I love the like, what is like that? wait, like how did we watch the same movie in the same way? I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> but you know, and, and some people, people just know. aren't psychological horror film mm-hmm. people. Do you know what I mean? Some right. people aren't elevated horror film people. That's fine. Some of it, I think, disappears up its own ass, too. You're like, oh, okay, we get it. You're being smart horror. We get it. Mm-hmm. But then I don't I don't love the gore porn stuff either. That's not for me. I don't do I mean, gross for like, gross sake. Don't get me wrong. I'm happily in the middle. <laughs> like, like, don't get me wrong. I can watch a film like Cocaine Bear all day. I love films like that, too. <laughs> like, I, I love the campy stuff. I, I love that stuff, too. But I'm still going to get on board with the Babadook. I love that stuff. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. I want films like that to come out. I want 
films like that. I, Jennifer Kent, right? She just she blew my mind. That movie almost put me into labor. It was so, <laughs> it was amazing, and, and and I want films like that to be taken seriously. And it should have won an award. It should have won an yeah. award. But instead, you've got people going, "That kid was annoying." You didn't get the film. Then. The amount of people that really are either behind Tony Collette, like this this Tony Collette performance from Hereditary, I always said, you know, this should be awarded. This should be seen as mm-hmm. a critical, you know, a critical success for the acting. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even capital A, that is capital letters all the way through exclamation parts underlined the acting she did in that movie. And it's viral now. People are like, Tony Collette Hereditary, Tony Collette Hereditary. And that's rewarding. I think that's ultimately we're seeing that people are seeing it. So it might not be far off that we see some horror breaking through into the awards season. I mean, the closest we've gotten so far is Get Out, but... And it deserved it. It deserved it. And look, and before that, look, it was probably what, Jodie Foster, Silence of the Lambs. Didn't The Exorcist get somewhere too, I want to say? Yeah, but that was before that. Right, but like, I mean, we're... We'll see how that, we'll see how they go with these new Exorcist movies. We're trying. We're trying. Horror is working. But we have to get to, we have to get to the, um, you know, the meat of the matter, as it were. Katie, how many rotting pigs are you going to give? I was going for pitchforks, but... (laughs) No, it's got to be rotting pigs. Okay. Uh, Three and a half rotting pigs out of five. I really oh enjoyed. very nice. I know I really enjoyed this film. Like I I yeah. love me some Ty West. I big Ty West fan. It was a great film, beautifully done. Just I I like Dex more. I I mean Mia That's cool. Mia Goth is just. I can't wait to see Maxine. It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. I mean if if it's, I, anything, if it's anything like these yeah. two, it's just gonna be so good. I'm gonna give it five. I. There's nothing wrong. I, I there's nothing wrong with this movie. Usually, I can pick something that I would like to change or like to add or subtract. Pretty good. She's pretty tight, and that's a big call. She's pretty tight. So five running pigs <laughs> for me. She's pretty tight. She's pretty tight. tight. But we are, as Katie just said, expecting a third and final entry in the X franchise, as it is now known, with Maxine. Maxine spelt M A triple x i n e <laughs> due to make its debut on screen sometime this year depending on how far they got ahead with filming before the writers strike now i would assume pretty far because there has been like a trailer and posters and stuff so this maxine picks up in the 70s slash 80s i believe we're bordering because X was the 70s. Maxine's going to be in the 80s in um, mainstream porn. So it's it's very interesting that we have watched the graduation of sexuality. Post-production zone. There you go. Yeah. So we've gone, we've gone from sexuality being a private thing to a not talked about thing to a mass produced thing. This is going to be all about uh, Maxine Mix after surviving the the total bloodshed that was X 
finally making it to the big time of commercial porn back when it was huge in the 80s and um we'll see what what twists and turns that has to take and the cast is pretty chunky right they've they've gone from no names no names no names to katie do you want to share some of the names that are going to be appearing i mean you may know some of these people i mean halsey uh michelle moynihan um there's just a little known actor i don't know kevin bacon maybe you've heard of him <laughs> he might have done a few things here and there uh Giancarlo esposito i don't know if you've ever heard of this guy i think he's done a few things maybe yes yeah, so maybe these are these are names <laughs> oh, oh uh, how, i think he's i think this guy's pretty big bobby cannavale maybe i think i'm pronouncing that that name right maybe I think that guy's done done something. I think was it The Sopranos that guy did? <laughs> Look, there is a great mix of people in there. That is undeniable, and actors too. Like you know, actors. I actors. Oh, oh, Lily Collins. I she might she might have done something here or there. I think I it's. Think gonna, I think we're going to get some too. kind of. Um, I think we're going to get some kind of. Um, I want to know what Kevin Bacon's. I really want to know. I I, I feel like. I, do you I, know I, what vibe I'm getting from this? I'm getting director. a neon demon meets um, showgirls meets showgirls kind of moment set in the porn world. Yeah. I feel I like that's what that. it's going to be. It's going to be some kind of weird fucking serial killer, killer cannibalistic hallucinogenic eighties fantasy. I love this <laughs> shot of like. Her uh, Mia Goth and Halsey just walking down. I I, I can only assume um, like some some. I'm gonna assume like Ventura Boulevard or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> some 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 big street in Los Angeles. I, I don't know any of the streets in Los Angeles. It's, so yeah, it's gonna be. It's but I I love definitely I love gonna be so much. <laughs> so it's gonna be good. Yeah, and um, she has not done a lot of acting, has she? No, she has a but Halsey's I'm a Halsey fan girl, so she can do no wrong. <laughs> she, she's been doing lots. She's she's a musician, but you know, we don't mind her musicians act as long as they uh, you know she's, about she's, that life. She she is edgy enough to pull it off though. I think she can do she it. She is edgy. So we are going to be checking in with you at some point to, you know, watch the uh What's the culmination of this whole story and see where it all takes us when Maxine hits the big screen. But until then, we will be back, but we will be visiting you with, you know, some other little video nasties. I have a plan, but we have to talk about it off screen because it's a big plan. But we know you love a franchise, a franchise that we haven't, tackled yet i want to do some nicholas cage movies i'm just <laughs> just 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 putting it out there there's a franchise that we haven't touched yet that is very big iconic one of the uh you know major franchises in horror that there's rumblings, rumblings, rumblings that something is coming. 
maybe sooner than we think too if you go back in some of our interviews we talked to a we talked to a um member of the cast of one of these movies or a couple of these movies and she gave us a little bit of a tidbit on something that might be happening and it sounds like it might actually be happening so do some research if you haven't uh, been into the hallowed halls of uncensored radio we have thousands of hours of programming look at our celebrity interviews look at everything we've got going for you and you see our live real talk round table what had happened was uncensored confessions we got it all for you but this has been uncensored horror katie and i thank you for joining us and we will get gory with you again soon ghoulies stay safe and stay out of the barn